0: The moment you've all been waiting for, Um, the Honest Recruiter podcast um, is live from today. So this is going to be the first episode. Um, And on this episode, I'm going to run you through um, sort of the rough format of how we're going to be interviewing people going forward. Um, So I'll start with um, talking about people's, asking them questions about their career. So where it started, um, you know, where it led to and where it's ended up. What they're doing now, if they, um, you know, if they own a business or they're self-employed, how they've got into that field, where they see that business going in future, what things they see affecting the business. Um, but then we'll start to talk about personal, um, you know, a, a bit of personal background. Um, we'll probably talk, we'll, we'll talk current affairs, anything that's in the news, um, get a real gauge for people's opinions um, on on anything that's happening at the time you know me, I'm always happy to, to challenge if I, if I don't think, you know, if I think I can maybe educate someone or, um, you know, and hopefully I can be educated. Um, so we'll find out more as we go. I will have one set question that I'll ask to each person that I interview on the podcast. Um, it'll be the same question every time, and it'll be at the end of the podcast every time, but you're not going to find out what that is until um, the end of my first first podcast with my first guest so um, that'll be released in a week's time so you need to uh, keep your eye out for that um, and keep you know keep your eyes open keep keep on the lookout because that'll be a good one a really good one to start things um so uh, let's dive into it so firstly uh, we'll talk about my early career so I'll start um I suppose I'll start from the bottom so uh, I worked when I was 15 probably shouldn't say this, but when I was 15, uh, I worked in a, a clothes shop. I'm not sure it was legal at the time, but I worked in a clothes shop called D2 Jeans in Crystal Peaks. Um, I was on 250 an hour, 275 an hour, something like that. Um, I worked there until I was, uh, well, through a bit of college actually, until I was sort of the end of 17. So just leaving college, um, and uh, I'm not going to go into that job too much because it was, like I say, I was I was on three pound an hour I think when I left. Um, so it was it was literally just getting as many hours in straight after college as I could to basically get a few quid together to to go to a local pub that we were getting into at the time. Um, and then I went to uni, did marketing and events management because I was interested in marketing didn't really look into the course um to, to know that it it was like ten percent marketing, nine percent ninety percent events. So that was a bit stupid. Um but while I was there I was working um in a hotel mainly behind the bar, but also doing breakfasts, um doing silver service, doing loads of different stuff. Uh, basically, but mainly behind the bar though, met loads of famous people. It was a great job just basically pulling, you know, pulling a pint, pulling, making cocktails, making drinks for, for people and, and chatting to them. So it was, it was a really good job. Then from there, uh, I decided to do door-to-door sales. Um, so I worked for a company that had campaigns for Empower, uh, it, originally it was really difficult because we didn't have any set we didn't have any deals we, we it was just selling the, the the standard rate which was impossible um and then about three months in we got a, a five-year fix deal and we were doing nine ten deals a day uh because we were literally saving people a fortune it was an unbelievable offer um so you know all your friends all your family went onto that offer everyone they know um literally every door you knocked on as long as you could get into that conversation. They were like, well, yeah, of course, let's sign up. Um, it was stupid not to at the time. The offer was unbelievably good. Um, so yeah, um, made, made good money there. Really hard work walking 20 miles a day. Um, more than that normally. It was an absolute nightmare. Lived off Red Bull, um, and Pro Plus for, for a good year while I was there. Pretty much that's all I lived on. It was, it was crazy. Then, I got a job at Virgin Media. Uh, worked in their outbound retention team. Now this was uh, a lot easier than door-to-door sales. So basically, what what outbound retentions was was uh, the inbound retention team um, who uh, they've already had a call from a customer to say I want to cancel. They've done what they can. They've offered what they can, and the customer still said no so the outbound retention team within the 30 days notice period would call that customer again normally sort of about 10 days later to say actually we've got a couple of better offers for you if you if you're interested um and we could virtually give them everything for nothing it was it was crazy it was it was it was crazy um now this went on for a couple of years and then the market sort of got to know that if they cancel Um, and if they put in their 30 days notice that they'd get the world for, for nothing. Um, so it became, we had too many, Virgin had too many customers that were on retention deals and it was just, we, we couldn't carry on. Um, it wasn't sustainable at all to have so many customers losing the business money. Um, whereas originally it was fine because it was a small percentage, it jumped up to before they disbanded the outbound retention team. It jumped up to about 22% of their customers were on outbound retention deals. Um, So it was crackers. Um, So they got rid, they disbanded the outbound retention team. Um, I took a job in the inbound retention team, um, but they basically got their offers taken away from them because the whole retention um, trouble. Um, they didn't want that trouble to be impacted by the inbound team now as well. So they were given, we were given no offers, basically. Um, it was a case of trying to keep the customer by just having a chat, um, which was really, which, you know, was really difficult. Um, a lot of these customers have had faults for months, um, you know, and, and what, we have been refunding them and giving them the money back and tr- fixing their faults. But, how long do you, you know, how long do you want to go on with, with a fault? You just want good internet or good TV or whatever. And um, so yeah, it, 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 it could be a nightmare. Um, the people that I worked with really throughout the outbound and inbound were the people that kept me at Virgin media to be fair for, for, as long as I was there, I was there for about four years. Um, and they kept me, um, the, the inbound job was, was tough and, and it wasn't, it wasn't enjoyable. Um, Fast forward to the next role. So I became an um, area regional manager for a, a, a company called ShopperCheck. Now, these were door-to-door loans, basically. Um, so customers would apply for the loan either by calling us and doing it online, or one of our agents would be in the area um, and they, they'd take a loan. Now, they were small loans. They were sort of 100 quid up to 400 quid with a really high interest rate. Um, Uh, It was a difficult role. Um, So, when I went into the role, you know, I think the job title made me think that I was going to love this job, Um, you know, being a a regional manager, area manager. um, I'd managed people at Virgin Media, I'd managed sort of teams of 10. um, And this was managing a a whole region um, of about how many? 16 collection agents. Um, So, I, I thought by that, you know, by being given that, um, that responsibility, I was going to really enjoy the job because i loved managing people. Um, now I did enjoy managing people. And however, I just found it really difficult, um, because of the, okay. So a lot of the customers were repeat customers. In fact, they were all repeat customers within our territory. Um, uh, and a lot of them had been on the service for a long time. So they would keep renewing their loans, uh, and, and make sure they didn't fully clear them. Mainly because they wanted the collection agent, they built up a relationship with that collection agent and they wanted to come, they wanted them to come around and have a cup of tea with them. Um, you know, a cup of tea on a Friday afternoon. A lot of them were elderly, lonely. Um, and I just, it just didn't sit, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't sell the product. It didn't sit well with me. Um, so we didn't sell, um, as, as a region. Um, and I sort of, I slightly discouraged the guys from selling, um, selling products. To be fair, um, and it was just a case of, yeah, it was a, it was anything that came through the internet or, or uh, you know, a telephone sale. We'd, we'd obviously go through with it if the customer was happy to to do it, and they'd contacted us. But we, we'd, I tried not to uh, not to sell. So there were conflicts there. Um, I stayed there for about a year. I, I did the best I could in terms of retaining customers, in terms of making sure the customers were happy, and they were, you know, they were they were they weren't getting into any, any worse debt if I could help it, um, and yeah. But th- there was a, a lot of conflicts with my morals there, um, so I didn't last long. I Lasted there about a year. Um, while I was there, a friend a friend of mine got into recruitment and told me how uh, how hard it was, about how much money he was making. Um, so I applied for a couple of recruitment, quite a few recruitment jobs, and I got on with Blue Arrow, um, as a trainee recruitment consultant, and it was the perfect place to start in recruitment, big multinational. Um, and you really get to learn, I guess, the, the ins and outs of, um, of recruitment at a big multinational like that. Um, so I would go through training. Uh, I went through six weeks of training. The first week was a full week. The second week was like two or three days, and it and it kept sort of winding down. And then you had a day a week up until the end of the six weeks. Um, great place to to learn about recruitment. Um, I couldn't have I couldn't have started a better business in terms of just learning the trade, learning ins ins and outs. You know, learning uh, how to credit check, what to look for on credit files, those sort of things. That the the real sort of crux of recruitment, the the stuff that no one gets to see, um, and the, the various different methods that stick with me now, to be honest. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a great, a great start to recruitment. Um, I then, uh, had a desk in Sheffield, a really successful temp desk going really well, up to about four grand a week within six months. Um, really, it was engineering, um, which, blue arrow and sheffield hadn't done before um i grew that from contacts that i had within uh, within engineering within the industry and really grew it from there um all all completely organic um so yeah it was it was going really really well and i got headhunted by a, a company called tsl recruitment now they were um a a training and education recruitment consultancy mainly based in barnsley but they wanted to expand out into sheffield so they um, offered me a role as a senior consultant, but with my own branch in Sheffield. Um, so I was going to be on my own, um, which really did appeal to me because um, I, they, you know, they told me I could build up my own desk and bring in a team and become a, you know, recruitment manager, branch manager, um, which for my second job in recruitment, I thought was a, a really good and you know a giant step, um, and I was really proud that I managed to move that quickly. Um, yeah, joined TSL. Um it was a, an interesting setup there because they'd just been invest they they had investment from um from outside the business and um basically wanted to run before they could really walk. So even though they'd been in business a long time, they'd been used to taking over um and being fairly you know, fairly successful, but not not digging up, you know, they weren't pulling up any trees. They were they were doing okay. Um they were stable. Um, so they could have gone unstable probably for a long, long time, but they decided with this investment that they were going to, uh, just throw everything in to bring in loads of people in. And so I was the only experienced consultant that they brought in. Bear in mind, I only had about a year's experience from Blue Arrow. Um, no one else had any real experience. Um, they just threw too much money too quick. And it didn't really work. I was propping up a lot of the business with um, with my weekly temps in Sheffield. So I was doing up to about six grand a week at one stage, um, and that was really propping up the salaries of, of all the other consultants. Um, it was tough, and I could see that um, I was never going to get the, the you know the branch that I wanted. It was never going to work. So um, I again was headhunted, um, but I, I was sort of. I was on the look elsewhere, but I wanted to, to last the TSL for longer um, just because I thought it looked better on my CV. I think I've been there about 18 months or so. But I, I, um, I wanted to stick it out for a bit longer, but BDS came up with a, with an offer, um, again, of a senior consultant, um, again, increasing salary. But this time I felt like, um, I felt like it was an opportunity to, to learn um, because they are housing specialists. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a real opportunity to learn different sector. They were happy with me carrying on with engineering, but you know, teaching me about housing and learning about housing and yeah. And and I thought I could add uh, another string to my bow there. Um, I was with BDS for a long time, with BDS for, um, about four and a half years, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, family run business, mother and daughter, um, they were, they were, yeah, really successful, good at what they did. Had a lot of, a lot of standing clients, um, that, that were really, um, that were really steady, really strong. So they, they were consistently achieving, um, again, not, you know, not pulling up any trees, never going to take over the world, but they were, they were making good, they were making good money, uh, and they were taking over and they were paying the staff. So they were, they were doing well. Um... Yes, I was there for um, about four and a half years. Um, I'd started to have these thoughts about setting up my own business probably six months before. Um, and I, when BDS had, had brought me into the business, I, I, I'd um, we'd had discussions about me um, becoming a shareholder and that sort of thing, but it became apparent that I think that was never going to happen. Um, so I decided... Yeah, about six months before I ended up leaving, I decided that I wanted to set up by myself and um, really started looking into the financials of you know how much that would cost to do it and um, whether I could afford it, etc. Kept putting it off. Um, eventually, I took the plunge um, and went for it and had backing from a business partner that I have, um, who's been fantastic and really helped me, really helped me get the business sort of underway in the initial stages and um, took a lot of things out of my hand, sort of back office things, I suppose, took, took all of that out of my hands so I could really focus on what I do best, which is recruiting. Um, and we set up in uh, February, March 2019. Um, my business plan was always to break even in my first year. And I think we did exactly that pretty much. We were, we were literally a grand either way. I can't remember, but a grand either way. Um, so, and I would call that a good first year, um, and then COVID hit, uh, going into the second year. Um, so we had to really, um, so we, we have, we have, um, you know, we're, we are a specialist. So we work within housing and construction. We work in industrial, uh, and engineering. Um, we work in life sciences, which fell really, really well for, for COVID, um, um, and we had we had a, a couple of labs that we were recruiting for before COVID hit, and then um, we fell uh, we fell into also supplying um, the NHS for facilities and cleaning staff during COVID as well. Um, so we were really covering a lot of COVID, um, a lot of COVID vacancies, um, and then we won a contract that covered the, the whole of the UK for um, lab staff and COVID swab testers. So we really, really we really fell well with um with the requirements through COVID because we had those, you know, those specialisms um and COVID just happened to fall into to, to one of those. Um and we, we did really well through COVID. We we um we we grew the business. Um we although we struggled at first, um, like I suppose everyone did, I think March was when it when it when it sort of happened. March was tough. April was tough. May was tough. And then from I think June, July onwards, it really started to kick on um, with the, with the new way of working. I guess um, and we, yeah, we did really really well. Um, we, we kept we kept growing. Uh, we kept building as a business um, to the point where we are today. Um, and we're still, we're still looking to grow, um, still looking to bring in consultants in different areas. Um, yeah, so we're doing, we're doing really, really well. Um, the Honest Recruiter, I've not spoken about this, but the Honest Recruiter came from, uh, I was told to change my tagline to the Honest Recruiter by someone, um, uh, a client of mine, I said, you should change your tagline on LinkedIn. Um, now, at that time, I wasn't particularly active on LinkedIn. Um, I didn't used to go on there much, didn't used to communicate much, didn't do any business development really through LinkedIn or, or very little. Um, and then uh, and I just said, OK, I'll change my tagline, um, changed it. And um, I started just becoming, you know, a bit more engaged with it, started to check it every day. Every morning, then it became a couple of times a day, and then it became basically a constant tab, um, and really just started to engage with people. Um, and I was, I was just giving my honest opinion on um, everything, industry practice, um, uh, just everything really, even things outside of my industry. Um, and I think as LinkedIn has become more, um, it's become more social and more, um, more personal as well. I've given my opinion on, on a lot of different, a lot of different things. So it goes into politics, it goes into, um, sport, it goes into just everything, really, um, current affairs and stuff. It just goes into everything. So the Honest Recruiter, um, tagline really stuck. Um, and it really goes with, with my persona. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I've stuck with it and that's the name of the podcast as well. Um, and we're gonna, we're gonna go with it. Uh, We're going to keep running with it and I'm going to keep being honest and I'm going to keep challenging people um, and I'm going to keep doing that on my interviews um, for the podcast as well. So that brings me to um, the end really of this first interview, first podcast. As I say, there's going to be one released each week to begin with. Um, We have some really, really interesting characters that will be coming on here. So. I'm trying to uh, branch out into different sectors, different, you know, different industries as much as possible. I'm trying to look at traditional and non-traditional um, businesses um, as a way of really just opening up and engaging more people. Um, and also showing people that there are there are different things that are happening at the moment. Um whether it be traditional or non-traditional. Um, there's, there's loads of stuff happening at the moment. There's loads of opportunities out there if you are just starting out in business. Um, but even if you're not just starting out in business, there's loads of, of ways that you could, you know, you could angle into a different sector, angle into a different industry. There's so much going on uh, at the moment. So I'm going to be uh, speaking to people that, that interest me, to be honest. So um, this could be anything from um, I mean, firstly, we're going to have content creators on. So uh, I'm into gaming, as you know. So we've we've got someone lined up that's um, one of my favorite um, one of my favorite streamers. He that that person is going to be coming on soon. Um, we've got other content creators from other social media platforms that are, that are going to come across and and do podcasts with me. Um, we've got people from like I say, traditional businesses, non traditional businesses. We're going to really, really get into the crux of of business, but we're also going to get into, into knowing these people personally. So yeah, stay tuned. Um, I'll obviously post updates. Um, they'll go out, um, on a, on a sort of every other day, probably. Um, and just please let me know what you think. Um, but also if you could tag um not tag but if you could message me anyone that you think might be interested and, and I might be interested in having on the podcast then do that um, if you're interested in coming on the podcast drop me a message i've got a lot of people lined up so far so we've we've got a lot of material um, that we can go through over the next what eight weeks ten weeks probably um, but i'm happy to add more podcasts if we if we have enough interest so um if, I, if i'm interested in anyone I'll, I'll reach out to you but if if you see me first then drop me a message and and if you know if i if i think it will work then um we'll get something booked in so it's been uh, it's been a pleasure i hope you've enjoyed it and i'll uh, i'll speak to you all you guys uh next week when you see the the first proper the first proper interview um and i'll have some teasers coming out over the next few days